You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We have podcasts on nearly every team in the NFL, NBA, MLB, and fantasy sports. Just search your podcast app for Locked On and your team to get more podcasts. I still got some anger, leftover anger from Nada on Twitter about yesterday's conversation of topic on the wake-up call. And it was whether Dennis Quaid is overrated or underrated or just rated perfectly how he is. And I went overrated, and Bobby Rosinski, co-host on the Wake Up Call, went overrated, and Molly Cotton, other co-host, said he wasn't said he was not. And so Nada and everybody else on Twitter, I feel like there is quite the Quaid army that I did not know existed out there, like and you, I heard from them on Tuesday. Like how are you going to diss the president? Like he was he played the president of the United States, Walker. How are you going to diss him like that? So, you did a pretty decent job. You got inner space. You got the rookie. All right. Like, the rookie's good. The rookie is really good. I'm not saying he's overrated, <laughs> but again, to call him or even underrated, like he, he's perfectly fine where he is. He's a solid hand. You know what he is? He's that nice seventh man off the bench. Yeah, I just think you look at his movies and there is a long list that don't get anybody's intrigue whatsoever. So so does Kevin Hart. What's your point? Uh, I okay. Well, I'm I'm willing to throw him in the overrated conversation. Kevin Hart. I, I'm no. I have I have no problem with that. Kevin Hart's stand up early on is great. Yeah. The bus ride is iconic. <laughs> the bus. <laughs> the Kevin Hart bus ride as a kid going to tell his teacher off at yeah, school. Yeah, exactly. That's great. But then there's just a little bit too much movies that he's doing, and it dilutes the product. Exactly. Can I ask a question? that I feel like hasn't been asked in this entire conversation, this one or the one on Twitter? Sure. sure. <laughs> Go ahead, Doug. Let's let's see your genius at work. Shouldn't one be rated before they can be underrated or overrated? And now I, people show enough love, I think he's rated in the minds of a lot of people. Though. Where are the think pieces on Dennis Quaid that we have to, to rage them. against? I, I don't think I'm raging against it. I just pointed out a certain observation and everybody else started to rage. I just I think that there is a love for Dennis Quaid that you look at the movies. It's a guy you think is, man, fantastic actor that's been in a ton of great movies. Yes. And then you look at a lot of movies and they're just not so good. Yeah, Day After Tomorrow, he was dope. I mean, Day After Tomorrow, is that's one where you turn it on. If it's on TV, like you'll probably let it play for a little bit. And then for me, I get bored with it and then move on. It's better than our Armageddon. Well, okay, sure. But that's not saying a ton, like as far as leaving it on the TV and then watching it. I watched The Parent Trap. It all stems from me watching The Parent Trap. I was about Trap, to say. Which is a great movie. A classic one I got to watch as a kid, and it still holds up. I sat there, put my feet up on the table, watched it in its entirety. You had a peanut butter and grape jelly sandwich. I sure did. After my Lunchable, I was still hungry, so I went back for the PB&J with grape jelly, and I put my feet back up, and I thought it was a fantastic movie. It made me question an earlier take that I had of whether Tennis Quaid was overrated. You look up the movies, and then, I'm sorry, i got to go back down that take hole once again. Walker, I think you are inventing the love for Dennis. Oh, Quaid. no, it's yes. real. No, did you see my Twitter? Did you see my timeline? <laughs> did you see my mentions? The love speaks for themselves. The people have spoken. What? The people love. There's a Quaid army. People love underrated, overrated conversations, 
I don't I don't even think that they were really thinking about Dennis Quaid. I they think, just wanted to come in for this conversation. No. <laughs> I think certain things should be allowed to just exist and and not even be rated. So you're saying I came in just deciding to put something out there and just take maybe, take fire. Take and may, listen, maybe it's not possible. Maybe I can, I'm trying to think of something that that should just exist that really can't possibly be underrated or overrated and i'm i'm like a perfectly evaluated actor or a perfectly evaluated artist not even that i'm thinking isn't there something in this world that that you can't even rate <laughs> that that doesn't even allow itself a to life is be all rated. about comparison water everything in the world is comparison it everything might, in the world it might be water it, water might be the only thing. <laughs> you you went to you went to water is totally overrated. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, <laughs> you, went, you went to something that keeps life. About. Yes, that's you the only to the, that's the only way you're going to do it. Right, you went to the most pure thing on earth to say mm-hmm. it's not overrated or underrated. Mm-hmm. You know, what? water might be underrated. I, I might even say I, water's underrated. No, I don't know if we put enough importance no, no, on H two O. No, no, no. We, I ain't even doing this with you. I'm today. telling you, I, I ain't think even doing this. people need to recognize. How important water is. This is shameful. To everybody here. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. Just don't go in my mentions about Dennis Quaid. You can follow us on Instagram as well. At Lockdown Hornets and on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Lockdown Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug at Doug Branson, L-O-H. And Nada at Nada the Scribe. It's not all Dennis Quaid. It's not all overrated, underrated talk today. We will talk about Kimball Walker and his appearance on the J.J. Reddick podcast. He talks about free agency, his contract, his summer workout. So we'll talk about that and dissect what he had to say again to J.J. Reddick. Also, Frank Kaminsky finds himself in a little bit of a situation where he was on his podcast, and then that podcast tweeted out something particularly disturbing, talking um, about the WNBA and not exactly showing it the respect that it deserves. So we'll get into that a little bit more um, as the show goes on. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. There is a little bit of a teaser what we got coming back. Uh, we are part of the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Walker Mail, Nada Edwards, and Doug Branson. Talk to you after the break. This is Locked On Hornets. Now that we have this question, I got. I, I feel like I need to ask this: mm-hmm. Are y'all sweet potato pie folks or you pumpkin pie folks? Pumpkin pie folks. Sweet potato folk. Pumpkin pie. Sweet yeah. potato. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Oh, I keep forgetting the rejoin music. Yeah. <laughs> That's, what's going on? Uh, were you particularly di- disturbed, I guess? Not disturbed, or distracted by Nada's. And that w- that one got him for some reason. I mean, we played that there, one quite a bit. It's just the but timing. But that one got you. The timing of everything. Now, over the, the discussion over yes, Dennis exactly. Quaid, you thought maybe pumpkin pie and sweet well potato done, pie bro. was appropriate for that one? Probably was. Well, well done. That's probably the right rejoin. Mentioned it coming uh, going into break. Frank Kaminsky, he hosts a podcast for Barstool Sports called Pros and Joes. And the Twitter account for that podcast tweeted out a poll titled, Would You Rather? The choices were, go to a WNBA game or have $2. It was quickly deleted, and after a few writers for At The Hive and Swarm and Sting picked up on it, they called it out for being inappropriate, unsupportive of the WNBA, and some going as far to say as it was misogynistic. So again, after those came in, it was deleted pretty quickly after. Kaminsky did respond to the criticism 
tweeting yesterday, quote, I don't tweet from that account, hardly even tweet from mine anymore. What was said was wrong and deleted immediately. But to write an article calling me misogynistic is also wrong. You don't know me. Did you know I grew up in a household with only women? And they would go on to say that was in one tweet. He would go on to go on a little bit of a thread here. He said, did you know those women played sports and I was their biggest supporter? Did you know that my dad coached women's basketball at the high school and collegiate level for 20 plus years and still does today? And that's what I grew up watching. I figured you didn't know that because you don't know me, yet you still wrote something trying to smear my name, smear my name. Good luck with your journalistic career. And that was, again, in response to uh, Noah Very Cool, I guess. I don't know his name. It's Noah for Swarm and Sting, um, who wrote this article about why Frank Kaminsky can't get a pass on misogyny. So when you look at all of this, obviously in the climate we're in today, Me Too has taken over in a very well-deserving way where there is more awareness around this particular subject than there really has ever been before. And people are getting called out for it, and rightfully so. We all know about the biggest news going on in our sports world today, maybe even in the entire world today, and certainly in the nation and, and among other things, is Urban Meyer failing to fire Zach Smith, the ex-wide receivers coach for Ohio State, after a long history of awful behavior and, of course, the domestic violence allegations that brought all of his behavior to light, and then Urban Meyer kept him on that staff. So not to get too off topic here, but obviously the climate that we're in today, it brings light to this subject. When you look at this in particular, do you think this poll was misogynistic, asking, would you rather watch a WNBA game or have $2? It absolutely is. Like The the poll itself, the tweet itself, is highly misogynistic. And considering the out, outlet that this is coming from, it's basically standard operating procedure. They're, that's more on brand than anything else. And the fact that it was deleted so quickly tells me that they knew it was wrong too. And the fact that it was this misogynistic and it was this just horrible. At some point, and I, we're going to get into this a little bit more, at some point, You've got a whole bunch of smoke here, especially sometimes on your Twitter account, Frank. Sometimes this stuff will stick. At what point do you have to say, you know what, for the betterment of my career, for the betterment of getting the benefit of the doubt, of earning the benefit of the doubt, because he hasn't earned it yet. At what point do you start disassociating yourself from that place? And a lot of people would look at this poll, and we've seen some reaction to the reaction of of this poll and and other things like this, some of them coming from Barstool Sports to the effect of, well, this is just a joke. This is a joke that we that we all make about the WNBA being an inferior product. It's not about them being women. It's about it being an inferior product. And And I think... There are a couple of problems, in my opinion. There might be some people listening right now that agree with that. The problem that I have with that opinion is twofold. One, I don't think that there's any question that 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 poll was was prejudiced towards women's sports. And anyone that denies that, I think, is being disingenuous, number one. Number two, Barstool Sports has a checkered history, to say the least, with its language towards women. And, and I said twofold, but I'm going to add a third here. The reason that this type of thing is being highlighted now, the reason we are taking these kinds of things more seriously is because 
they have serious implications, right? The prejudice that we, that we are, are, I think, are all guilty of towards women and women's sports has really serious ramifications uh, within our society as a whole and, and with sports. And, and I think we, I don't think there's, there's anything wrong with, with paying more attention to these kind of things, especially when you have high-profile support of the WNBA from LeBron James, from Draymond Green. They're, they're, they're supporting Chris Paul, Russell Chris, Westbrook. Right, so many. And to have Frank Kaminsky associated with a podcast that puts a poll out that now, to be fair to him, he did say it was wrong, Walker. He did say the poll was wrong. No, he did. And then he goes in that, and when he would go on that thread to discuss about his personal life and why he said, why he feels that he was falsely accused of being misogynistic. Because again, the, the title does say, I mean, why Frank can't escape that title, right? I mean, that's what the Swarm and Sting article was. And so he comes back after that it. title. Now, it, and sure. Um, and then that goes to the question, is Frank Kaminsky, was was he misogynistic because of that thing, because of that poll being put out? Is it wrong to accuse Frank Kaminsky of misogyny because he hosts a podcast whose Twitter account put that tweet out? That's the discussion. Is, is it wrong to accuse him of that? Yes. B- yes, because it, it is it is guilt by it is guilt by association. To accuse I think we should be careful when we accuse an individual of having a particular belief. I don't think, I think when you look at that poll, you can, I think, objectively decide for yourself whether that poll was misogynistic or not by the definition of the word. When you talk about it with a person, suddenly you are putting a label on someone that is very complex. People are complex. And when you don't even have him personally saying this, and he certainly didn't personally vouch for it. In fact, the opposite, he said that this poll uh, was wrong and that's why it got deleted. I think we should be very careful when we do that kind of thing. I do agree that it's very dangerous to label him this, and there is a lot of guilt by association, but there are a couple of breadcrumbs here that we have to be careful, and it's something to keep an eye out for going forward. We're talking about a guy that is on a restricted free agency walk year. At some point, a lot of this is going to come into question, and certain questions are going to be asked possibly of the Charlotte Hornets. Do you want to keep this guy around in terms of PR, especially considering the team across town has had clear issues with women? And do you really want to be associated with, oh, yeah, we're going to follow the same route they did? At what point does it become a question of can you keep this guy around if he continues to do this? Yeah, giving him that title is wrong when you have that poll, but I have some problems with it. I think all of us do. But but here's my thing. There is some responsibility for Frank Kaminsky here. One, you have associated yourself entirely with this podcast, so much so that when you go to his Twitter account, his cover photo is of Frank Kaminsky and the two other hosts on the Pros and Joes podcast. You read his bio. I only tweet about my podcast at Barstool Pro Joes. Listen here. Here's the link you can click on to listen mm-hmm. to the podcast. Mm-hmm. He has he has taken a dive so deep into this that you have to be responsible for everything that comes with it. We all know the history that comes with Barstool. We all know the transition they tried to make to ESPN, but then there was so much backlash because of some of the misogynistic comments that they themselves have said before, and then they lasted one damn day before they got kicked out of the four letters ESPN. And so now Frank Kaminsky, despite all of that, has chosen to, again, dive so completely into this world and with this particular field that you have to share some responsibility. 
going on this thread where he says it's wrong to call me misogynistic, I do have a little bit of a problem with the optics of him only taking maybe one sentence of saying, nah, I don't tweet from that account, hardly even tweet from mine anymore. And then he goes, what was said was wrong and deleted immediately. So he said it was wrong, but is that an apology? Not I don't think he apologized. Really. Now, I think you have to apologize, even if it's not you sending that tweet out. You yourself are associated where you are the main feature of this podcast. Nobody's going there to listen to the other two guys. You're going to this podcast to listen to Frank Kaminsky talk whatever the hell you want to listen to him talk about. You need to apologize, and you didn't do it. And what you said was it was wrong, and it was deleted immediately. I, I feel like there needs to be more. Now, it's easy to go on your high horse and your high chair and then throw stones at everybody else, but I think there needs to be more there from Frank Kaminsky. And one other quick point about this particular athlete. Isn't Frank Kaminsky a guy who himself has admitted to dealing with some problems mentally, being less than confident out there on the basketball court? Quit Twitter for a while. Quit Twitter for a while because all of the hate coming his way was just a little too much for him to bear. I have no problem with that. I'm the last person to judge anybody for that. Twitter gets to me sometimes. I'm not made of stone. There are a lot of times where it's a flaw of mine where comments come at me and I probably read too much into them. I had no problem. I stuck up for Frank Kaminsky with that. But when you have something coming from his podcast that slams the WNBA with a crude joke, it whatever, it's a joke, it's mean, and the WNBA and women playing basketball don't deserve to be disrespected like that. It, it's funny to me, and it's interesting that a guy that had, again, admitted to quitting Twitter because of all the hatred that you can find on social media would then be associated with a podcast that put that tweet out and also not directly apologize for it. I have a problem with Frank Kaminsky and all of this, and I have a problem with what the podcast did. And you know the bigger thing is, and you mentioned that in that photo where he's clearly in a bar stool uniform. Take a look at what what his shirt says. Yeah, it's the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets logo. Got the Jordan logo. Got the new Hornets logo there. Absolutely. Yeah, and this happens in August. There's obviously a big story right now with Urban Meyer. So uh, this has little chance, I think, of of making larger headlines. But one wonders, you know, what the future implications could something come up from this podcast. That, then, that is not shy from controversy. No. Right. And an organization in Barstool that that welcomes it. And and then he's forced to answer questions and maybe other teammates are forced to answer questions about it. And it becomes a distraction for the team. I think it's a, a very real possibility. If you listen to the show every day and you don't follow us on Twitter, you're missing out on our live show. And if you're not following us on Instagram, you're missing out on our extra content. Go follow us both at Locked on Hornets today. Again, Instagram, Locked on Hornets and Twitter. No misogynistic. Hornets. Yeah, no misogynistic. Polls no, no. On our straight equal Instagram. to every sex. <laughs> we're, we're, we are straight up equal, man. We have no problems with misogyny on either of our social media platforms. We'll take. Well, well we have a problem. Well, we have a problem with it. We just we don't <laughs> have. Right. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Was that was that poorly <laughs> it was worded? Awkwardly framed. Was that was that poorly worded? We have no problem with misogyny on our accounts. We're we're cool after we just went in on Frank Kaminsky. No, you won't find any. There you go. You won't find any with that on our social media platform platforms. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. It's Walker Mail, Nada Edwards, and Doug Branson coming back with some Kemba on the JJ pod. What did he have to say that's worth uh, worth noting here? Stick around and join us after the break. This is Locked on Hornets. Charlotte, How strong is an ox? Are we? I think we're overrating the ox. Uh, we are I, not overrating I, the I ox. Need to see, I need mm. to see some medicals on the ox. Yeah, why don't you do the research on that? You put your lab glasses on. You take a look at it. You get I wonder if med- there's anything on the internet. 
It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked on Hornets podcast. If you like what we're doing here, make sure you're checking out what else the Locked on Podcast Network has to offer, including Locked on Panthers. Host Bill Rossetti is getting you ready for what's left of the preseason with news and analysis from Charlotte all the way to what happened in Spartanburg in week one, September 8th. September 9th, is that right? September 8th, I believe. Yeah, one one of those two days, the Carolina Panthers will host the Dallas Cowboys. So season very close to being here for the Carolina Panthers. Subscribe to us now on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Panthers, and we're proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering the biggest local stories in every market. What else we're covering here today is Kimba Walker's appearance on the J.J. Reddick podcast. And on free agency, Kimba Walker said a lot of things. And uh, he said to other outlets, he loves Charlotte. He wants to continue to play here. It's hard to go back home, referring to New York. And it's hard to go back there and play. And we've heard him talk about the Knicks and how it's hard to envision putting on a Knicks uniform. So who has the advantage if and when Kimba hits free agency? And was there anything, at least within those specific comments, that particularly stood out to you? I think that Charlotte still has the advantage when it comes to Kimball Walker and free agency. I think he's a, a guy that loves living in Charlotte, moved his entire family here, which he mentioned on the podcast, and uh, he is a more private guy, So, and that's that's something that he admits, so that would be tougher. It's tougher to be private when you play for the New York Knicks, uh, so I think that Charlotte still has the built-in advantage. They can still offer him more money. I think the big question is the team that will have the most advantage is the team that can offer Kimba continued success over the next few years. I think that's going to be number one on Kimba's mind. Where can I continue to win, continue to make playoff runs in the future? And you think Charlotte has the advantage, and you think that might be number one. That's So do you think Charlotte has the best chance to do that? With New York being there, having Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and some younger pieces, I might think that thought process maybe lends itself to New York a little bit. More. But Charlotte gets the advantage because he already he's already rooted here. You and know. I think some comments, like it's it's easy to be fooled by some comments from players entering free agency that just want to say good things about their team they're on, and so they could leave immediately. But I would agree that I think Kimba does like playing in Charlotte, and I would agree that they have the advantage here. Maybe if you're looking to win long term, maybe New York has the piece with Chris Stapps, and maybe that's the pillar that you look at to maybe spring them into a, a good possibility of winning in, in the further years. But, no, I would agree that Charlotte has the advantage. Charlotte does have the advantage for a multi- multitude of reasons. Also in that podcast, he said he was willing to take less in that extension that he did get. He was willing to go down as low as 10. So it could have been a 40 for four million, again, $40 million for four years. He didn't care. He wanted to stay. He wanted it to get done. So if he's willing to take less early – he might be willing to take less and take that extra year, which matters a lot. Yeah, I think Kimball Walker sees this organization as an organization that believed in him and that continued to work with him very closely to improve his NBA career, and I think he put some value in that. And you mentioned that in some of the comments um, portraying that is credits shooting coach Bruce Kretzer, Kreitzer, right? Bruce Kreitzer, uh, with transforming his shot. Hetzel and Clifford encouraged him to stick with it early on when it wasn't falling, and then you look at what Coach Kreitzer talked about. I mean, Clifford, anytime you talked about Kimba Walker's shooting and his improving, he always mentioned Bruce. I mean, 
that was the guy he credit constantly to Kimba Walker's shot actually falling as the years went on for him because you look at the way he developed that three-point shot. That's something everybody knows about with Kimba here in Charlotte, and he constantly credited Bruce. And it's funny to see that Kimba still rings true to that and even mentioning Hetzel and Clifford here. Safe to say, one, that that particular coaching staff had such a strong bond, and I wonder how Kimba, just throughout the course of this year, not that there's any kind of ill will towards JB, but you could tell that there was a strong bond between Steve Clifford and Kimba Walker. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because I think a lot of average Hornets fans remember Mark Price and the work work that Price did with MKG, but not a lot of people know about Bruce Kreitzer and, and the things that he did to revolutionize Kimball Walker's efficiency, his shooting percentages, and and ultimately uh, the trajectory of his career. But I think it was interesting, too, that Kimball gives props to both Hetzel and Clifford for encouraging him to stick with it early when it wasn't going down for him, right? Because it would have been very easy. It's very easy for a lot of players to sort of go back to what they know when, when that big change isn't working early, and they really encouraged him, and to Kimba's credit, he did stick with it and made it work for him. Another big thing, he did talk towards the end about the impact of MKG, and he did talk about a lot of the things that mattered about him not having to guard the Russes, the MKG, the uh, the CP3s, the Kate, the LeBrons. That guy, that kind of guy, that gets noticed by players a lot. No, and it and it shows how that he does have some kind of role on this team. And you wonder, you know, just how much longer MKG's role is going to be. I, I'm going to be on the Josh Lloyd Fantasy Basketball Podcast, and we're going to do the Charlotte Hornets. We're going to do the Charlotte Hornets, of course, display, or, or the uh, preview, I should say. And just a little questionnaire beforehand, one of them was, who's the most likely player to get traded? And I put down everybody, but any first or second year player is pretty much fair game with this team. But for some reason, the 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 one guy that came to mind more so than other one, everyone else is MKG. Mm-hmm. As far as maybe not, I, I don't know if he would just be in a package deal, but just as far as a guy who maybe sees his role get diminished, then that, that that's the first guy that comes to mind. But using what you said to combat that, it's interesting to see Kimba kind of go to bat for MKG, talking about the things he does on the court. I mean, he's, again, he considers him like his little brother. It's something that, again, if you've been around the team, you know. That how valued he is around that team. So. Real, yeah, no, and yeah, real, real quickly. I was just going to say, uh, and and one of the thing he did mention was trying to finish in the paint. Um, mm-hmm. According to cleaning the glass, which again it eradicates all the use of garbage time stats. Uh, according to the glass, uh, cleaning the glass, forty eight percent at the rim in 2014-2015. That was in the thirteenth percentile. He improved the next season all the way to the sixty seventh percentile, but then it's been steadily going down ever si- ever since. And he said he's been working on that with Jay Hernandez, his assistant coach. Now he said he's been working with him for years, and now you have Kimba also being able to pick the brain of Tony Parker and his three to nine foot shooting. And I'll tell you, watching a NBA classic game, I believe, with the Spurs and when they were, I think, maybe facing the Detroit Pistons at the NBA finals, Tony Parker took over and it was all those shots like mid range in the paint, like right in front of the three and free throw line where he just floats it over everybody. And I wonder if Kemba could add that to his game. That's something he does talk about a lot. And he's very passionate about picking his picking Parker's brain about that. And that floater, I used to think that Mark Jackson had the best floater in the game for a long, long time. And I know you saw it as a kid, Walker. Oh, yeah. Mark Jackson, great uh, 2000 Pacers team. Exactly. But Tony Parker. Underrated might, Pacers team. Yes, very underrated. <laughs> Tony Parker might have the best floater 
in the history of the game. And I that's like one thing about Tony Parker is that we knew he couldn't shoot, but when he got to the paint, he was almost unstoppable. If Kemba learns that shot, it's going to take so much wear and tear off of his body. He also dropped Steve Nash's name as well. And here's yes. why all of this is important, because we know that, that Coach JB is going to be bringing a faster-paced offense to the Charlotte Hornets. So they are going to be looking to score earlier and earlier in the shot clock. And that probably means more possessions for Kemba Walker. And what Kemba said in that interview is he's working on finding ways to score without going all the way to the rim. That's really important to me because when I think about who this who this new offense could benefit most, it obviously Kemba Walker, but then I think, oh man, but if he's going to the rim a lot, there's a lot more opportunities for injury. But if he can if he can stop and and really develop that three nine foot game, then you're you're just decreasing those chances. You're you're doing less on the body at that point, and, and that's to me I, I think is a, a big development for Kemba Walker moving forward. All right, let's move on. Let's get to the eleventh best Charlotte beer and the eleventh best Charlotte Hornet. So close to the top ten, Doug. So close. This has been a, a serious show. Yes, I mean it's been a very serious show. It is. At, I mean, I feel like it's. How been are you all right. doing? I, I think we need to check in with the pod dad because you got no, really heated in that first yes. segment, and and I just oh, with Frank. Yes, with Frank Mincy. I didn't. I'm like not it. judging. No. I'm not no. judging you. I'm just saying that's. It's. I think it's the most serious topic we've really dived into since you joined the pod. No, yeah. I. I think I'm fine. You know, I. I have. I've had all sorts of Urban Meyer talk today on the wake up call. So, you're so already, I'm ready to I'm ready to I'm ready for the fight against misogyny all over the place. It doesn't matter what athlete, what head coach is showing it out there. I'm ready to go. Oh, I guess, yeah, that's the irony is that this story probably gets buried because of yep. a story it that also uh also involves prejudice against women. All right. And I'm here to battle it for you. I'm here to battle it right now. It doesn't matter. So I'm cool now, but I'm ready to have some fun. Why yeah, let's have a beer. Yeah, give me give me a beer, Doug. Give me a beer. Almost top ten. It's been a fun ride. Uh, this is perfect because this uh, describes how Walker is feeling right now. The 11th best Charlotte beer is Salty Coconut Red Ale. That's, I've actually had this one. That's probably the most elaborate name we've heard of any of them. Salty Sal- Coconut Red Ale. From Sycamore Brewing, it is available at various times during the year. Matt McKenzie of Charlotte Magazine writes, more than 10 pounds of coconut go into each red ale barrel. That's nuts. Sir. Coconuts. Sir. Hold on. I don't on. like that. Damn. Did you, I, my co- did, did you hear my coconuts drop there? You said that's nuts. I said that's coconuts. Is that still bad? I don't like that. No, right. I no, figured no. I figured it. I just didn't know Both if that was you. an ignore or if that was something you just didn't Both hear. of right. you failed miserably. <laughs> Let's quickly. You uncultured savages. Let's quickly move on to the best Charlotte Hornets of all time. One more to reveal before, again, we get to the top 10. Wow. The top third of oh this list. Oh, my God. Yay, yay. The cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. For every single Charlotte Hornet player to be in existence here with this franchise. So, best round. Number 11. If it's us. Best Charlotte Hornet of all time. I uh-huh. want it now. It's Kendall Gill. Kendall Gill comes in at 11. Now I'm going to go in with Kendall Gill and and discuss him a little bit. Kendall Gill played three seasons at the beginning. We all know his stint in between Seattle and New Jersey coming back for a little bit. Kendall was great. I ran into kind of a three-player pileup with this one. I'm comfortable with how everything kind of was shaken up 
And then I decided with Kendall to go at a number 11. You know, he was a great scorer those first three seasons. He had 20 and a half and 16 or 17, I should say, the second and third seasons of his career here in Charlotte. It was somebody that did get on the all-rookie team. That's his only hardware, but it's somebody that did play a decent amount. And you do think of Kendall Gill a lot when you think of OG Hornets. Like, he's somebody that pops up into your mind. Uh, a great defender, a very good um, stealer. I mean, it's someone that actually did have a steals championship, 2.7. That was with the New Jersey Nets, so he didn't get it with the Hornets. But it was somebody that was around one and a half in his time here in Charlotte. But an OG Hornet that I was so close to cracking the top 10. But when you look at the rest of the guys on this list, I feel comfortable having him just shy of making it. I'll go to your guys uh, for your thoughts. Why are you giving me Hornets I can't argue with anymore? All right. Why? All right, I like I it. I wanted to argue. I want to cause chaos. That's why I'm here, well, and you won't allow me to do my job, Walker. No, that's fine. I, I'm supposed to make it hard for you. So, Kendall Gill, Doug, you like it, number 11? I found a video of him telling NBC Sports Chicago who the uh, top five toughest players to guard for him in NBA history were. Would you like to hear them? We need Kendall Gill. I would like to hear them. These are the top five toughest guards that Kendall Gill ever faced. All right, number five is Mark Price. Underrated. Number four, Reggie Lewis. Underrated. Underrated. Number three, Grant Hill. Really underrated. Yeah, injuries, underrated. Oh, this guy's extremely underrated. Number two, Michael Jordan. Mm. Appropriately rated. Yeah, appropriately rated. So we got Jordan, we've got Hill, we've got Lewis, we've got Price. Anyone want to take a guess? So better than Michael Jordan. This was the toughest player that Kendall Gill ever (sighs) had to guard. I mean, who would have been around that time? So like, what? what Reggie Miller. Can we get a date on the interview? Is there any way we can do that real quickly? Did uh, I just make things boy. complete? I'm being these, too much. These I'm embedded sorry. flash videos are not very friendly. <laughs> I apologize. His suit I, looks current. I mean, this is pretty current. But again, it's it's his career. So, I mean, uh, okay, okay. his career is over by uh, this Michael time. Michael Jordan, number one. I, I wouldn't go Reggie Miller. Being is it LeBron? Number one. Uh, he probably would have faced LeBron like two years. Um, I don't know. I can't think of a name. It's not Reggie Miller. It's actually Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Rauf? Is it Rauf? Rauf. Rauf. <laughs> I actually get that. Close call. enough. That's surprising. I mean, I I don't know if I would have. I definitely would have never thought of no, that. No, I ne- never would have thought about it, but it makes sense. People Cons- like his play, man. I mean, he was fun. He was. A lot of people have given him somewhat of the Steph Curry before Steph came into the game. It's legit. I, it is legit with his handles. And by the way, still fun to watch in Big Three. Uh, he's still actually giving these guys yeah. some pretty sweet handles. And respect to Kendall Gill for the great TV game there, by the way, putting Michael Jordan second, and then yeah. everybody's like, what? Yeah. Michael Jordan second? Who could be tougher to guard than Michael Jordan? And he comes out with this great hipster NBA pick. Right. Yeah. It is a hipster NBA of M-A-R. pick. Um, one, great hair for Kendall Gill. Mm-hmm. Uh, had some, that was a guy I believe made our top hair Charlotte Hornets team of all time. He did. Um, Doug, do you think it's cool to have him 11th on the top Charlotte, uh, Charlotte Hornets all-time period? I think it is. I think you know all of these guys that are in the top 10 and, and him being right outside the top 10, I'm going to go ahead and group him in. I think they need to be names that are immediately associated with yeah. the Charlotte Hornets. And when you think of Kendall Gill, you think of the, that classic Charlotte Hornets team. So, I like uh, it. No, absolutely. So, again, we'll move on to number 10 when we come back on Tuesday. Oh, and then oh, it gets real. I cannot believe we're. The creme all de la creme. 10. 
It's unbelievable. We're here with the best Charlotte Hornets of all time, folks. Now in the top 10, we'll get to on Thursday. Plenty more as well. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. Walker Mail, not Edwards, Doug Branson. Until Thursday. Talk to you then. See you guys.